0: Welcome to the LifeHouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others, as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging, and life-giving. Be blessed. Well, today we're starting a brand new series, All Roads Lead To. I wonder where your roads are leading you to. So I want to start off by starting with something light something easy, probably the number one struggle that you think is in your life right now and uh, that is your self-perception, the way that you see yourself, the way that you view yourself and obviously being a church, we're going to get to the spiritual implications of that but I know that some of you in here today are, you know, haven't yet begun your journey of faith with God and so we want to make, uh, you know, this series applicable to you too and so um, I want to start off by talking about the way that you view your physical body and your body image. So, if we can have that, that first picture up, thanks. So, here we have some various, you know, body shapes, body types. And I wonder if you had to place yourself somewhere on there, where would it be? And the interesting thing that I have found, and it might not be true for everybody in this room, but in general what I've kind of found is that women tend to place themselves further up this way on the scale than what they actually are and men we tend to place ourselves further this way on the scale than what we actually are if that's kind of true so you know like i kind of selected this one because it's kind of got the actual bmi numbers on there because like if i kind of had to place myself i i kind of think that i'm that i'm here who agrees with me <laughs> you don't know whether that's good or bad but like my actual bmi is like like further up this way so we have this kind of misperception about ourselves and who we are either for good or for bad and um, the problem is when we can't see ourselves as we are what tends to happen then is that we actually feel isolated and alone because we see everyone else as different So even in a place like this, you know, we've changed our name to to Life House, God's house, our home, because we want everyone to feel at home here. That's what we want. We want this to be a place of life, but we also want it to be a place where people feel as though they fit and they feel as though they belong. But just like trying to put yourself on a picture like that, I'm sure that many of you spiritually, you look around at everyone else in here and then you kind of look at yourself, and even though it's supposed to be a place where we feel at home, we feel as though we're different. We feel as though we don't fit, as though we don't belong. We often, you know, feel, we, we tend to widen that gap. We see everyone Else is better than what they actually are and we tend to see ourselves as worse than what we are and so there's this gap between us and them and we feel alone and isolated and even just recently um, a couple of weeks ago um, several of us went down we had our um, state pastors conference and so we were there and uh uh, a fellow uh, pastor came up to Belinda and she said to Belinda, your life is perfect. Everything about your life is is great. And I guess it was because, again, because of all this COVID stuff, we haven't been able to to see a lot of these people in, in the last two years and different things like that. It had been a, a while since we'd caught up and so the only thing that they had to judge us on was our Instagram feed, and so of course, looking at the Instagram feed, you know this this uh, fellow pastor was looking at Belinda's life and going, "Well, you know, she's married to Josh, so of course her life must be perfect." <laughs> you know, they put up photos of their smiling dogs and the beautiful sunrises in the morning and you know church is you know back on and full of life and full of happy people and so obviously everything about your life is perfect but it's of course because on Instagram we don't put up posts about the sadness of infertility that we struggle with we don't put up posts necessarily about the fact that you know my brother lost his license and was facing charges. We don't put up there about um, you know my mum having to undergo major surgery and the doctors gave her a 25% chance that she wouldn't pull through. We don't put up there the, the heartbreak and the loss and the self-doubt, doubting that I'm a good leader every time someone decides to leave the church. And whether you have Instagram or not, we all kind of do things, we present our lives in a certain way. We, when we're out and about, we present this image of ourselves ourselves that is way better than the reality and we know that it's way better than the reality but when everyone else is presenting their image that's way better than reality, we believe that that's true of them, that that is actually what their life is and we believe that our life is so much worse and so the gap widens and we feel more isolated and alone. And we do the same thing like how I talked about the difference that women tend to push themselves one way and men tend to push themselves the other way. We kind of do a bit the same with our sin and our gifts. We tend to think that our sins are far worse than anyone else's. That we sin in a different and a unique way that no one else kind of sins at And so we isolate ourselves like that. And then the unique gifts and the talents that God has given us, we tend to think aren't that good or that everybody else has the same kind of gifts. And so then we actually, when we don't see people acting in that same way or using the same gifts, we actually even tend to use that to isolate ourselves too. So I know that Shannon has an amazing gift of compassion for the, for the lost the lonely the broken, and she can't understand why everyone else isn't as passionate as her about those kind of people and and Roger has an amazing gift of of generosity, and so he thinks that everyone should be as generous as him and when they're not it kind of makes him feel isolated and, and different because he thinks well surely everyone has been given that same heart of of generosity Leland who's out in our life kids program he sees and cares for the homeless people of our community and when he sees that other people don't he thinks that everyone sees the homeless people, but they just choose to ignore them. But I think that even saying that, many people in here might not even know that there are homeless people within our community and within our church. Because we just don't see it. And so the fact that we have these gifts, these unique gifts that God has given us, We tend even to feel isolated around the use of them because we think that everyone else sees the same needs that that we do and feels the same compassion, feels the same generosity, but they're just not acting on it. So then we feel as though we're different, we're strange, we're weird. And then when we sin... We sin way worse than everyone else, and so again, we feel isolated and alone and different. And today, we are starting, as I said, a six-part series called All Roads Lead To. Now, can anyone tell me where all roads lead to? Nowhere? (laughs) Who knows the saying? Rome. So we're studying the book of Romans and uh, some of you may not have heard that saying before or know where it comes from but what happened was during the, uh, the rise of the Roman Empire, um, Emperor Caesar Augustus was in charge and he put up what was called the golden milestone and we have a picture of here of, uh, that's kind of all that's left of it uh, at the moment. So, right in the centre of Rome, um, there was this, this pillar that was uh, put up. And so, all these roads from all over Europe and different things, all took their, uh, their marking from this one point, this one pillar, in the middle of Rome. And so all these roads and so the distance that you were from Rome was marked out from this is what they think it might have looked like at the time. This golden mile, this this golden pillar that was um, established to let you know that first of all, Rome was the dominant center of the world or so they wanted you to think everything was measured against Rome and distance from Rome and so they wanted you to know that they were in charge that they were in control that that was the uh, the center of everything and again when we try to measure ourselves against others we will either, if we feel as though we are better than the other person, we feel pride and superior and disconnected because we're better than the other people, or if we measure ourselves and find that the other person is not as good as us, or that, sorry, that we're not as good as them, then we feel inferior and isolated too. But just as this pillar was... Erected at around the same time, there was another pillar not covered with gold but covered with blood that was supposed to not show us where Rome was but show us where home is. That we would all find a place where we do find home, where we find a place where we do belong, that when we actually use the cross of Christ as our measuring stick, by which to measure everything in life around, all of a sudden, we start to find our fit. We can measure God's love by the cross we can measure God's wrath by the cross. We can measure God's forgiveness by the cross. We can measure God's justice by the cross. Everything starts to make sense when the cross becomes the part that we measure everything off against. And that is what this book of Romans leads us to. It doesn't lead us to a golden pillar er erected by an emperor, it leads us home, eternally home, to this place at Jesus' feet, where we find our true and lasting home. Now, a few weeks ago, Michaela came out of her bedroom and said, Josh, I need to talk to you about my feelings of inferiority. I I feel as though sometimes I don't fit, I don't belong. And Belinda overheard the conversation and she said, don't talk to Josh about that. Josh never makes any mistakes. He doesn't know what it's like to feel inferior. If you want to talk to someone about that, talk to Mark. So I don't know if I should feel good or bad about that, or if Mark should feel good or bad about that. But it kind of highlighted that even the person closest to me, that we've been married for almost 20 years, even she thinks the same way, that we all kind of go, well, you know, these other people, Josh is, is better than what I think he is, and I'm worth like he can't associate with me, and so it it isolates and then last week this last week just gone at at college, we're there and we're we're talking through some things at our lifehouse college, our Bible college that we run here, and uh, the students uh, they said to me, "Josh, can you just like you know we're learning all this stuff it's it's really great um but can you just like?" publish a list of your sins once a month so that we kind of know <laughs> that you're kind of real and that you can And I'm just like, uh, I try to be as real and as open and as honest as I can when I'm on the platform here because I struggle with all the same things and the same feelings of inferiority and doubt that all of you do. It's just that I feel them... On a Thursday, and then God speaks to me about them, and then I preach about them on a Sunday. I'm I'm just a couple of steps ahead. But I I do want to pull back the curtain a bit and talk about this whole process that I've gone through leading up to this series uh, in Romans. You see, because every year at about September or October. I sit down and I start to work out um, the vision for the, for the, uh, the coming year and I also work out the, the preaching roster and we work out different series that we're going to do. So obviously we have the vision series every year. I like to do a couple of topical series, generally one on relationships, generally one to do with either like time management or um, mental health or different things like that. So, we do uh, various topical um, series, but then every year I try to make sure that we have one Old Testament series and one New Testament series. And so, every year for the past seven years, I have put down that our New Testament series is going to be the book of Romans, because it's my favorite book. Now, some of you that have been here most Sundays for the last seven years, I'm probably trying to think, okay so he's put down for the last seven years through the book of Romans but I can't remember seven series on the book, of I can't remember four, I can't remember three, I can't even remember one series that we've done on the book of Romans. And that's because we haven't done a series on the book of Romans, I put it down every year, and every year as it gets closer to it, because I love it so much, because I hold it in such esteem, because it speaks so clearly to me, I kind of get a bit scared of it, and I cancel doing it. Because just like you, I have feelings of inferiority, and I think, how can I stand up here and tell all of you amazing people with all your your amazing gifts about this book. Yes, I know and understand that my gift is as a gospel teacher, but surely everyone can, when they read the scriptures, they can see exactly what i see they can read it just as as good as i can and anything that i try to add to it is just going to take away from it because it's just so beautiful so so amazing but then about two weeks ago when i started to read through the book of romans and prepare for it again and was tempted to cancel out on it yet again for a seventh time It was like God, through this book, showed me what was happening, because this whole feeling of separateness is largely what this book deals with. And so, as you know, God often speaks to me in pictures. So, I'm just wondering if I can, again, show you how God spoke to me, because I think that Although the circumstances of your feelings of inferiority might be different to mine, I think that we all kind of experience the same thing. So God showed me that I kind of see my life like a bag. And that I kind of want to spend a lot of my time adding good things into my bag. Things that are of value, things that are of worth i want to i want to put those things in so i spend a lot of my time studying really hard like i try to you know study study the bible listen to a lot of podcasts i make sure that that everything that goes into this bag is is good and of worth because in my job it's like people are, are coming and they need something good so like chelsea might come and she can take something from the bag come and take something from the bag. So when she reaches her hand in, I know that she's going to get something good. And Holly's going to come next. She's coming into my office and she's seeing me and she wants some advice. And so what she, and then Jacob's coming up and he's uh, taking something from the bag, which is good. And then I've got to go back and I've got to make sure that I keep filling things up because I don't want to be empty. I want to have something for the people when they come to me. And so Steph's going to come and she's going to take something from the bag and so I try really hard to make sure that everything that goes in the bag is is good because sometimes just like everybody else I have unforgiveness I have bitterness I have self-doubt I have all these different things that enter my life, just the same as everybody else. But I kind of know that Zoe is about to come and take something. But, but I don't want her. I don't want her to touch that stuff. I. I don't want her to see my. My inferior I don't want her to see that stuff in my life so I make sure that I that I deal with it really quickly in my own private time I make sure that I take that out of my life and I make sure that I put other things in so that when she comes to see me that when she wants to take something she's going to get something good. And that seems really good. And that's how I've kind of built my life. I say it this way. Whose mum used to buy them salada biscuits? Anyone used to have the salada biscuits? You know, with the little holes in the top? And who remembers that what you would do is you would put way more butter than what you wanted and way more Vegemite than what you wanted because what would happen when you would put the two together and the pressure was applied? It would squeeze out the holes, wouldn't it? And I'm just like, that's what I want my, my life to be like. I want to I wanna spread the Word of God so thick in my life so that, so that when the pressure is on, that, that what oozes out of me is still God's goodness and God's love and and, and God's faithfulness that, that people, what they're left with on their hands is still goodness. And so I spent my whole life trying to, to make sure that I was I just so covered, everything so thick with God's word, that that's what oozed out. But then it came to Romans. And it's like, I mean... I've been trying so hard. I've been, I've been doing my best to put everything good in here. But then I come to, to Romans and it's like I don't think that what's in the bag is good enough. I can't I can't give you. When I see how beautiful the book of Romans is I and I look in my bag, it, it's not good enough. And I know that for you it might be different to Romans, but I'm sure that mums have approached the week and seen the problems that lay before them. And they, they see what they have to, to cope with and they kind of look at, at what they've got to give their kids, and I'm sure some of you go, it's it's not enough. I'm sure that sometimes when you guys go to work and your boss is asking you to achieve this and, and do that, and when you look at what you have, it's not enough. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? I think we've all been there, the... The source of our pain, the source of our inferiority might be different, but we all know what it's like to stand there and look in our bag and look at at ourselves and go, it's not enough. But it's like in that moment, God spoke to me and he said, you've been viewing this thing all wrong from the beginning. Your life is not a bag that you need to just keep putting stuff in to prevent it from going empty, to just keep giving out to people. That's not what I'm calling you to do. That even though it seems good and it seems nice that I'm giving out these, you know, good things to people, it's actually still a place of pride because I'm standing up here giving things out. And so what God showed me that He instead wants to do is. He simply wants me to stand with people. If we can have that next scripture up, thanks. Do you want to stand with me? And we're going to just look together at this passage of scripture. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Isn't that beautiful? Can you stay standing? Holly, can you stand up? And we, can we have the next passage up? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Jacob, can you stand up? And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Isn't, isn't that beautiful? If anyone else finds these beautiful as we go through them, just stand up with us. Steph, can you stand up with me? But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that beautiful? Can you stand up? Anyone else? Yeah. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. Isn't that beautiful? Stand up. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. All sinned. We're all in this together. We're all standing shoulder to shoulder. I don't. We're all in this place this is the way that god wanted it to be you can all grab your seats but rather than me standing up here trying to deliver something that this is how we are to parent our kids this is uh, how we are to be good employees this is how that we're simply to stand shoulder to shoulder with people and point them to god and say isn't he beautiful isn't he wonderful Isn't he so good? And I love that we're doing this message, uh, starting this series the week after Pentecost Sunday. Because Romans, the church in Rome, was unlike any other church. It wasn't started by one of the apostles. It wasn't started by some Christian superstar who just had everything all together. It was, they started, they believe by one of the people, one of the 3,000 that was standing there shoulder to shoulder on that day of Pentecost, that felt the touch of the Holy Spirit, that simply said, wow, isn't he beautiful? That they were so moved by that, that they went back to Rome and they said, "I, I need to stand shoulder to shoulder with my my fellow Jews and I need to start a church for them and that's how the church was started but then over time instead of it being a a Jewish church in Rome it ended up becoming a church full of Roman and Gentile people and because of this kind of slow takeover there had been this comparison just like I've been talking about And this is why Paul writes this letter to address this idea of this comparison that was going on. Because the Jewish people, they thought that they were way better than the Gentiles and the other Roman people because they were God's chosen people. That the church should be for them. That they were better than everybody else in the world. And then the Romans, they thought that they were better than the Jews because they said, well, the Jewish people, they were the ones that killed Jesus in the first place. Plus, now we're in charge. So it's obvious that God has forgotten about the Jewish people and now is blessing us Romans because we're in charge of everything. And so circumstances, when we look at the circumstances, we can see... God's hand of blessing is upon us and their circumstances are bad. God's blessing is not upon them. And therefore, judging on that, we are better. We are, you know, Christianity. You can have the Jewish faith, but Christianity is for us. And so God comes down into the middle of this situation and gives us this letter to the Romans. And he says, you guys need to stop fighting. You need to stop complaining, stop comparing and measuring everything against the Roman standard, against the standards of this world. But instead, start to measure against my glorious standard. And that can be hard. Because... At the start, it means that we all sin worse than what we would care to imagine, when we don't measure ourselves against each other, but when we measure ourselves against the pillar of God. So, our sins are far worse than we ever feared But then the good news of Romans is that God is far better, far more beautiful than we ever dreamed. And that is what he is trying to say. He kind of says to them, you have everything back to front. You're you're pushing yourselves up and down that scale in the wrong direction each time. says this in in Romans 3.23. It says, everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. Put up your hand if you're part of everyone this morning. Most of you, that's good. (laughs) We're all sinners in this place. We've all sinned, we've all stuffed up, we've all got stuff wrong. (laughs) And it doesn't matter if we're standing here on the scale or here on the scale... This might be the worst person in the world. This might be the best person in the world. But compared to the scale of God's goodness, compared to God's glorious standard, how good he is, he is so far off the scale, out of the picture, that it doesn't even matter to fight about which millimeter of ground you're going to occupy over here. He says, everyone has sinned. So does that just mean that we all just join each other together in the pit? Absolutely not. Because it also says in Romans 1 verse 7, he calls us set apart. He calls us saints. He calls us holy. He calls us righteous. He said, God loves you and has chosen you to be set apart for himself. And I'm going to take a little bit of license here, but I'm I'm going to say it's not just set apart for himself, And I'm going to go a step further and say we're actually set apart with himself, that he takes us from this place to be with him. The whole gospel, the whole message, the whole book of Romans, but everything in scripture is all about us being with him. So he puts himself as separate, as as distance, but then he calls us to be with him. He no longer calls us sinners. That's no longer our identity. That's no longer our title. We are all called to be saints. We are called to be set apart from the things of this world. That is the good news of the book of Romans, that we get to be set apart, that we Get to be holy and righteous, identified as different and higher up on the scale than we could ever be on our own, in and through the cross of Christ. So as we start to bring this week to a a close, I want to continue to look just at Romans 1, some of Romans 1, and then next week, as we said, we have Kathy Green, and she's gonna we're gonna jump to Romans 10. So for those that want to read ahead, um, you can read ahead to, to Romans 10 for next week. But for now, we're gonna start at verse 25. And remember, I said that sometimes the gospel is bad news before it's good news. And this is what it's explaining to us here, making sure that we're all on the same page together that we stop this comparison thing so it says this they exchanged the truth about god for a lie and they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever amen for this reason god gave them up to dishonorable passions for their women exchanged natural relations for those contrary to nature covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossipers, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's decree and those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. And when we read that, I sort of pick that portion out specifically because it kind of starts with that whole same-sex thing. And in the church, we kind of like to put people into boxes and into categories and we like to say, those people are down there. Murderers, gay people, they're separate than us but I think that that list is long, And it's kind of a bit of a shocking list to read out all of that stuff at once, isn't it? And I think it's kind of meant to be so, but it's also a long and extensive list so that we kind of all see that we all belong on that list. That probably some of us have gossiped in our time. Might have called it prayer. Praying for that person because they're doing this wrong. Slander, disobedient to parents. That God is actually trying to say if you if you want to make a, a category, you want to make a, a box for for people who sin you're all kind of in that box. But that's not where God wants us to be. That's not where He wants us to stay. He doesn't want us to focus on our sin. But there's something that happens because we get to this point and we like to categorize all these people together and say they are lawbreakers. But Romans does something, well it does something to me very interesting because it takes that category of lawbreakers and it not only puts me in that category but it does something further because God wants us to to see that it's not just a group of lawbreakers. He wants us to see that I didn't just break His law, I broke His heart. That you didn't just break His law, that you broke His heart. When we sin, when we stuff up, when when we do these things, it's not just an impersonal thing. Because when we break the law... What pours out when we, when we break the law, just like getting those saladas and pushing them together, when we break the law, what comes out is guilt and shame and condemnation. And here's the thing. If we move from this place where we're saying that we're just lawbreakers to the fact that we've broken his heart, when we break his heart, when we understand that understand that when we broke his heart, his goodness comes pouring out all over us. That that is what is left on our hands. The blood that flowed from his hands came and cleansed us. That when we have that revelation, we're not just, we didn't just break the law, we broke his heart. But the good thing is, his heart is so much more precious than the law. God wants His goodness to pour out over you. He wants His Holy Spirit to pour out over you as a congregation. We need to understand that this is what the book of Romans is all about. Belinda, can you come up here really quickly and bring that jacket? So on uh, Wednesday, we were over visiting Nicole, and she comes out with this jacket. And she says to Belinda, I ordered this jacket, and it's the right size, but it's the wrong fit. So I want you to, to have it, if you can put that on. And as she said it, it was like, again, God spoke to me and said, this is exactly the way that the enemy likes to work. He says, I've got a sin that is just your size. Whether it be envy, malice, slander, murder, being disobedient to parents, whatever it is, pornography, anger, pride, doubt, fear, guilt, I've got a sin that is just your size. But then to me, what the book of Romans does is, it, is Jesus comes in and he counteracts that and he says, it may be their size but it is not their fit. It doesn't fit. You may have been wearing it for 20 years, feeling, starting to feel comfortable in it, but you still know that deep down inside that you feel alone and you feel isolated and you feel different. You think that you feel comfortable because you've been wearing that jacket for so long. You think that it is now part of who you are. But God is saying to you this morning, it may be your size, but it is not your fit. I never intended you to ever, ever wear sin. It doesn't belong on you. I've come to take it off of you. You were not made for it. You see, there are two ways that we can deal with this feeling as though we don't fit as though we don't belong one is a conformed outside but the second is a transformed inside you see the world can say well we can transform the outside We can change things. And this is what this whole transgender, gender fluid, LGBTQ, LMNOP thing is all about. It's all about the fact that they, just like you and I, feel as though they don't fit. They don't belong. So they'll try and do something external. might change the way that they dress they might change who they're hanging out with they're trying to find a place where they can fit but if we're honest we too have put on clothes we're trying to cover up trying to do something to make ourselves fit by changing the outside but as we journey along this path this roman road this book of romans I believe that God is going to show us that it is not about a conformed outside. It's about a transformed inside. And that is something that we can't do on our own. We need the work of the Holy Spirit in us to transform us from the inside out and remake us into His image and His likeness. God does have a place for us, a place that we can call home, a road that He wants to lead us down. And not just home for a moment, not just home for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning, but eternally home with Him as He transforms us from the inside out. Would you like to stand? And I'm going to pray for us right now. Holy Spirit is here. Holy Spirit is moving in this place and He wants to transform hearts and lives right now. So Father, we just come before You. Broken, hurting, looking at ourselves and feeling Like we are not enough. We don't have enough in our bag. We don't have enough in ourselves to even face what is to come this week. The issues, the problems that we're facing, we don't have it in us. So Father, we need you. We need you to come. Come. need you to come and transform us, transform our hearts, transform our lives. Father, I'm, I'm sick of comparing. I'm sick of comparing myself with other people. I'm sick of judging myself and trying to measure up to the patterns, to the things of this world. And Father, although we will never measure up to you and your goodness and your holiness and your righteousness and we can even feel separated from you because you were just so different to us. But Father, I thank you that on the cross you took my sin upon yourself. All have sinned. I'm part of that all. I don't measure up to your glorious standard, but Father, I thank you that on the cross you took my sin, my guilt, my shame, my feeling of separateness, and you put it to death once and for all. That I would no longer be identified as a sinner, but that I would be seen through the eyes of God as Jesus I will be seen through the eyes of God as perfect, as righteous, as holy, because you covered me. You clothed me not with a not with a coat of sin, but with your code of righteousness, your coat of holiness. And so, Lord, each and every one of us, whether it's our first time here today, or whether we've been coming here week after week, year after year. All of us need your cloak of righteousness to come and clothe us. We need your blood to come and clothe us now. So Father, come and clothe us, cover us with your blood, cover us with your righteousness. We pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info at or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at LifeHouse. God's house, our home.